Night was coming to the zone. I watched as it crept over the decaying structures, hiding the sandstone texture of crumbling cement and rusting steel under a humid cloak of shadow. Holographic facades flickered and appeared across the faces of most of the buildings. Glamorous mirages that concealed graffiti-covered walls behind idealized projections of fairy-tale palaces and pirate ships under sail. Here and there, enough sunlight still filtered through to weaken the holograms, leaving patches of drab reality visible through the bright fabric of illusion. In a few minutes, when the sun dropped a little farther, the holographic facades would become seamless, and the illusion would be perfect. Above the street, triggered by the failing light, hollow signs winked into phantom existence. Neon-colored lasers woke up and began painting nightclub logos on the underside of the dome. Two meters above the main entrance to Trixie's, a hologram of a naked woman crackled to life. The woman writhed suggestively through a ninety-second loop of canned video data. A glitch in the software caused the dancer's left leg to vanish in a smear of video static for the last few seconds of the loop. Lately, the glitch seemed to be spreading to the upper slope of her right breast. Somebody tried to tell me once that the dancer was Trixie herself, the hologram built up from video footage shot when she was young. I've seen Trixie up close. I don't think so. When half of the cigarette was gone, I ground it into the cracked sidewalk with my shoe and started walking again. The strip was still mostly deserted, people just beginning to filter in. Four or five early bird whores staked out their turf. A small knot of sailors cruised the bar fronts, waiting for the action to start. The inevitable sprinkling of tourists wandered around goggle-eyed, too ignorant of street-level protocol to realize that their chances of making it home safely were dropping with the sun. A nocturnal creature. The zone hibernated during the day and came to life when the sun went down. After sunset, even LAPD Tactical didn't venture through in less than squad strength. I passed a pair of muscle punks leaning against the carcass of a vandalized police car. They were decked out in the severely retro fashion popular in the zone. Black jeans, Gestapo boots, and synth leather jackets with too many zippers. Both had peroxide-white hair, shaved close on the sides, left long on the top and combed into crests like exotic birds. Their well-used leathers reeked of old blood and chemical reflex boosters. They watched me closely as I walked by, predatory eyes sizing up my potential as a target. Some signal passed between them, and they decided to leave me alone. I crossed Santa Fe Avenue and walked in the front door of Falcon's Nest. I waited a few seconds for my eyes to adjust to the dim illumination, and then scanned the room. I was looking for John Herschel, a friend I was supposed to be meeting for drinks. John and I were technically cousins on my mother's side, through some geometry that had been explained to me once and then promptly forgotten. We had been buddies right up through our teens. We'd even ended up in the army together. John wouldn't be hard to spot. He was strapped into a powered exoskeleton, complements of a perimeter defense laser that our squad had tangled with in Argentina. The laser had sliced through his spinal cord, leaving his body pretty much null and void from the chest down. 
Turns out he was one of those lucky one-in-a-million people who are allergic to the DNA-modifying retrovirus that stimulates growth of spinal ganglia. John wasn't here yet.